Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast hosted by PoorConstructionPros.com and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today. At World of Concrete 2022, I sat down with Kevin Thieneman, chairman of Lugong North America, to discuss the new products the company is bringing to the North American construction, quarry, and aggregates markets, as well as the challenges and opportunities he sees for the company and the industries it serves in the year ahead. Let's dig in with Kevin now. Kevin, thank you for joining me. I'd like to learn about what's new with Lugang here at World of Concrete 2022. Well, thanks for asking. Um, we're very excited to show uh, three new products. Uh, first on the wheel litter side, the A56H Stage 5. So that's moving from Tier 4 Final uh, to Stage 5. Uh, so what comes along with that for customers is lower operating costs, you get better fuel efficiency, no, no EGR. Uh, so that lowers the cost of operation. So a lot of interest from, from customers about that. The other major feature uh, of this update is a move from pilot controls to electrohydraulic. Um, so obviously that means uh, ease of operation, uh, less stress on the operator, so you get more work done in the workday. Um, the worker at the end of the day, operator at the end of the day is, is uh, less tired. Um, so a more happy employee and, and given the stress on, on labor, uh, these days, you know that that's a big um, that's a big uh, ask by uh, by owner operators or owners of equipment. On the excavator side, uh, similar story. Uh, move from tier four final to, to stage five. We've got the 922F here. Um, so again, same thing. Uh, no EGR. Uh, more fuel efficient. Same thing on the on the controls. Move from pilot controls to electro and hydraulic. So ease of operation, less stress on the operator. Um, and then the 913 is a brand new model uh, for okay. it. So compact radius, uh, all new cab. So uh, very comfortable uh, cab to, to sit in, um, a lot better visibility, uh, competitive visibility, looking at uh, who we compete against. Uh, and again, it's stage five. Uh, so latest and greatest technology, all with Cummins engines. Uh, as the power plant. So tell me about what the intention is for Lugong in North America going forward with the product line. So where do you see these products going into in terms of applications and uh, and the opportunities there? Um, and what what do, might we see as you continue to build upon that? Okay. Well, I'd be remiss not to talk about the core and aggregate uh, segment since we're here at the World of Concrete. So uh, as as we got together the last time, uh, we talked about uh, our global core and aggregate team, which is headquartered in Paris, France. Uh, it's a group of, of individuals that have over 300 years of experience in this segment with, with other OEMs. So we've had a lot of success over these last two years uh, in, uh, in several markets, uh, South Africa, uh, Mexico, uh, as well as Europe. As you know, the, the majors have talked about an intense focus on moving their mobile equipment uh, requirements or purchases from zero to, to one third or half from Chinese OEMs. We've seen them come to the table hmm. um, on that. So we've, we've enjoyed a lot of success um, with the 856, the 877, and the 890 uh, wheel loaders. Uh, and, and what I'm happy to tell you is that We've gotten data now back from these customers over a two-year period. Some machines have more than 10,000 hours. Really? Uh, and we've been able to achieve 90% uh, 
uh, machine availability. Uh, so obviously that's that's kind of the standard, the, the benchmark that, that's used. We've gotten a lot of good feedback uh, on uh, where we stack up on fuel efficiency. We are right in the zone of competitiveness. Um, and so we feel like um, we are offering customers a very competitive product at an extremely competitive price on, on the um, on the wheeler side. We've got a lot of data to back that up. So we're, we're very happy with the progress uh, that we've made in the first two years. We feel like that's now built a foundation. Now we need to expand that out okay. you know, to, to a broader geography. Right. <clears throat> on, the, on the rental side, uh, for the most part, uh, we've been focused on, on dealer-owned rental fleets. So the dealers have had some good, some good success, uh, achieved high levels of utilization. So typically, if you, if you look at publicly reported rental companies, you know, when you get in that sweet spot of 65 to 70% utilization, you're, you're making good money. And when you get over that, you're making really good money. Um, so our, our dealers have been pretty successful with rental, and now we're turning our focus to the external uh, rental companies, small, medium, and, and large rental companies. And given the availability challenges that the industry faces today, we think that plays to our favor, uh, particularly in the near term. Um, on the industrial side, um, that's really now spanning uh, both the excavators uh, and, and the wheel loaders. We've had some success in recycling uh, application. Uh, we had our, our first with one machine um, uh, in demolition, uh, so a 950 mm. high reach in, in Canada that's been very successful. Uh, so we're looking to now get a, a more meaningful uh, position in the industrial segment. And you know these machines um, are built tough. Um, and so these, these difficult applications, like recycling, like demolition, are frankly right in our, in our wheelhouse. Um, and so we see some good opportunities uh, in that segment. Agriculture, uh, we're gonna be in the Tulare Show uh, coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, so our dealer in Los Angeles will, will show some wheel loaders and excavators there. We've had some good success uh, in the west portion of the, of the U.S. selling into the agricultural segment. Um, a lot of good feedback uh, from customers there. As you may know, um, specialty attachments are very important. Absolutely. Uh, um, high reach to get into the trucks, uh, specialty buckets for the unique applications that they have in, in dairy farms and feedlots, um, mixing uh, the grains and, and whatnot. So uh, we've been successful in, in, in getting that work done. And, uh, it's all about the dealer support on that one as well. And so we've got two dealers that are being very, have been very successful mm -hmm. Uh, in, in that segment, and we're looking to build that out more um, in, in, in North America. General construction, you know, obviously a, a big part of, of the overall industry. Uh, we've had some success there, but I think we can, we can do better. So it's really about segment by segment. You know, what, what's the customer requirements? Is the, is the machine fit? You know, whether it's guarding, the attachments, um, uh, the dealer support model that may be required to, to make sure you get those extremely high levels of utilization, like for mining or, or pouring aggregate, making sure those those building blocks are in place. Uh, and once we do that, then sit down with dealers and make sure we map out. You know, what's your opportunity in your territory? How are you gonna How are you gonna build out um, your sales force, your product sure. support uh, capability to, to fulfill that need? So, um, you know, we are um, trying to do it in a very uh, logical fashion sustainable fashion uh, we want to be quick but not in a hurry right we want to do it right
Absolutely. So you mentioned opportunity. Where do you see the opportunities for your company looking ahead? But also, what are some of the challenges that you're going to, to work to, to overcome over the coming months and to help customers to overcome? I think that the biggest opportunity is uh, industry-leading availability. So as you know, the China industry is down. Uh, that has opened up capacity for us to move to other markets, including North America and, and Europe. And so you know, we're welcoming that with, with open arms. So we're, we're looking to make a, a big move uh, here in, in 2022. When we were at the ARA show um, in Las Vegas uh, a few months ago, uh, we pretty consistently heard from customers their biggest angst was, can I get a machine? Right. When can you get the machine? And so uh, that's, we've won a couple of deals, large deals recently because of availability. Um, you know, on the, on the challenge side, we hear pretty consistently, again, since we're here at World of Concrete, um, two years ago I wouldn't have told you this because I didn't hear it being an issue, but very, very loudly and clearly in the last six months, We've heard customers express, we need environmental solutions. Um, and so that's the stage five, you know, addresses that issue partly. We've also had a lot of customer pull for battery electric machines, uh, which frankly is surprised me. I, I did not expect that to happen uh, so quickly and, and for this for this segment. But what they tell me is, you know, we, we face a lot of criticism, blasting, you know, the dust. The environment that, that, that these customers operate in, so they have to offset in other ways. The biggest way for them to offset is in their mobile equipment fleet. Um, so, so that's an issue. Um, third issue, uh, which we heard at the AEM annual meeting and we hear from other customers individually, um, is on telematics. Um, uh, these are very big, one, one very big um, aggregate company said, you know, we told you, looking at all of the OEMs, we told you uh, for many years we want one report. And yet, you know, we had X, Y, and Z brands, and this person was the uh, uh, the product owner uh, for for the for the customer, and she said, "I, I come and I, I get these reports, and for brand X, there's one format report, <clears throat> brand Y, there's another formal report, and brand Z, there's another form report. What am I supposed to do with it? Sure, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to cut across and, and make sense of it. So you, you, you OEMs, looking at, at us." you guys need to do a better job of this. And so I think that's a challenge for the industry. You know, we've done a very good job, I think, in the last 10 years with standards, you know, with, with, with getting some commonality on maybe the hardware. But the reporting thing, you know, each OEM has chosen their individual path on what they think um, will fit the customer. And the feedback is that that doesn't work for us. Right. We, we need to find a way uh, to, to, to make this work for me, the end user, the owner, and the equipment of, of, of multi-brands, which we all know that's the standard today, right? Sure. There, there's very few customers anymore that, that just buy a single brand. The second thing is on, on uptime. Um, you know, margins are under pressure everywhere. And, and so uh, we continue to hear complaints from customers that, you know, first, the, the service technician rates are high. Uh, number one. Number two, we're tired of seeing technicians come out two and three times, you know, fix the problem right the first time. And so that's where telematics, you know, as the industry and Lugong included, we need to do a better job um, working with our dealers, um, which we're trying to do, but, you know, 
it's a little bit like whack-a-mole sometimes, you know, because <laughs> the dealers are all independent businessmen for all of us, right? right. And, and they don't always think the same way. Exactly. And, and so, you know, ha- getting them to invest um, in this in these processes to make sure that they're looking at the data, interpreting the data, and you know, if you know it's an engine problem, don't send out your transmission guy or don't send out your generalist. Send your engine specialist to go fix the engine problem with the engine tools and with the engine parts, right? I mean, it's common sense. But, you know, there's still too much of that not happening today. Uh, and then, you know, we, we've talked about uh, remote flash. Um, we need to make more progress as an industry, you know, dealing with, with those kind of issues. And, you know, bringing in things like stage five, you know, with more electronics, that, that can lead to that happening. And so we've had some good discussions here at World Concrete um, with a couple of vendors um, on some tools that, that they're bringing to market that, that we can lean into and, and help advance that. But it's going to take time. But we need to be more vigorous uh, about pursuing this. Sure, sure. And since we're talking about technology, where does that fit into Lugang's um, overall plan? Are you seeing this as an opportunity to increase the, the technical capabilities of the equipment to make it more user-friendly, um, to, to adapt to the challenges that we're seeing out in the workforce um, in, in terms of uh, finding and being able to train operators? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, on the, on the iron side, uh, the battery electric, uh, you know, when I sit down with customers, I say, We're, this isn't a science experiment for this. We've commercialized this. We have hundreds of machines operating in China uh, that are battery electric. Um, and the customer feedback and the data that I see, um, it's shocking. Um, the value proposition for for customers, uh, and so we, we look forward to seeing bringing these out on a on a wider scale, um, and we think you know we can lead with that technology um, and, and gain competitive advantage. On the service side, um, I think there's again two pieces. There's the internal to Lugong piece, which I think every OEM has that that challenge. The the bigger challenge, frankly, is is the dealer piece. Okay, um, and and I think that's where. You know, as you look at the industry, there's really been kind of two models pursued. There's been one model of, well, you know, let, let's just get the data and, and send that to the dealers and have them perform, or invest in their uh, control centers, command centers, and interpret the data and, and do it dealer by dealer the way that they see fit. There's the other model of let's take all the data ourselves and then we'll communicate to the dealer, do this, that, and the other. And... Um, I'm not sure which is the better model, uh, to, to be honest. The, the, but, but the challenge is we need to get it done, uh, and you know perhaps both can work. Uh, but um, we need to make more progress as an industry, and that's certainly a challenge for us. Right, and it sounds like Lugong definitely has some some strong movement towards addressing those challenges going forward. We are focused on it. Um, <laughs> I'm not comfortable yet at the pace. Uh, okay, we, we need to move faster. Um, and I, I, I pound the table on a Well, you basis. know, with an advocate like yes, you. Yes. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> Great. It, it, uh, it takes a lot of energy. I, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. So it sounds like there are plenty of challenges, but there's also opportunities for continued growth for, for your company. It's also, and also for the industry in general in terms of the adoption of these types of technologies that, that can help move us forward. Absolutely. I think um, you know, 2022 is, is going to be a year where industry can't meet demand. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's a high-class problem to have. It, it's certainly much better position than we were in the, in the 
2020, and we all remember the dark days um, that, that was that time period in our, in our professional careers. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll deal with this. Um, I think the uh, managing the supply constraints, you know, that, that's an issue that is about more, as much communication between the machine OEM and their supply base um, as it is an overall capacity issue. I think it's hard to separate those two. The bigger issue to me that's going to last, probably last longer, is the, is the transportation issue. You know, that, uh, I had dinner a few months ago with, with one of the shipping companies and, and he was telling me uh, about his problems and I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm frustrated by how much I have to pay. You know, to ship, and he said, "I'm sorry for that." And I said, "Well, my bigger frustration though is, is actually being able to get capacity." Uh, and, and so, whether it's the fact that you know during the initial parts of COVID, one years of capacity was taken out of, of the container supply chain, or that ships were you know put into dry storage, um, that's not being talked about enough. I think at, at the government level, you know, we talk about port congestion. That's a piece of it. There's a lot of elements absolutely uh, that go into this 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 issue. But to me. The biggest issue is that we don't have the capacity in place to physically move the stuff. It, it doesn't matter if you solve the port congestion. If there's not enough ships to move it, it you're not going to solve it. And so we need to get those, those ships out of storage yeah. on the ocean. We need to get more containers built and get back to where we were pre-COVID uh, so we get stuff unstuck and, and moved. Right. Well, it sounds like we still have some work to do um, no doubt. on many levels, but I think judging from this show, it looks like there's still a lot of excitement in the industry. And I think especially with um, infrastructure legislation being passed last fall, um, there's definitely a lot of growth potential going forward. I think the best the best thing out of that is is proving to the American people that you know we can work together on a bipartisan basis. Right. Uh, we need more of that, not less. Agreed. In, in, in Washington. And um, I think you know, the industry associations have been done a good job of, of speaking with one voice about that. Hey, look, we, you know, we all want the same thing. We, we want uh, security uh, for our country. We want economic prosperity. Uh, and the way to do that is let's meet the middle, you know, find, find a way. Uh, can't have it all one way or all the other way. It's, you know, everybody has to compromise. And, you know, when our country has done that, you know, through our history, things have turned out pretty well. I mean, we just we need to get back to more of that. I cannot argue with that at all. Well, Kevin, this has been a great conversation, great catching up with you and, and learning more about what's going on with Lugang and all the, um, and, and just being able to chat. So yes. thank you face so much. Face, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to chat face to face. So so thank you so much for, for taking a few minutes here to chat with me. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Kevin Thieneman, Lugang North America, for taking the time to talk with us. Tune in every week for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.